0: Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers have hired Darvin Hamm. He is the new head coach in many ways, in some ways, the face of the franchise, one of the most public-facing people in the franchise, somebody who will have to answer for anything that the Lakers, uh, any of the Lakers' mistakes, frankly, and as a result, the Lakers need to make fewer mistakes. So as we wait for the assistance that Darvin Ham hires and the directions that the Lakers go around him, uh, I do want to just kind of outline a few notes on what the Lakers need to do to put Ham in a position to succeed because last year, I just don't think they put Frank in a position to succeed. Starting with the contract, which uh, Ham's contract is... You know, shows a lot more confidence in him than the Lakers seem to have with Frank Vogel in that extension. Um, So they've already checked that first box. That's great. Um, The next thing that they need to do and the next things that they're going to need to do, I think, kind of fall into two categories, macro and micro. So we're going to go into those let's start macro because this is an organizational issue and a foundational issue that the lakers had last year. So, last year, the lakers basically they envisioned the players that they wanted guys to be and they ignored the players that those guys actually were, right? So, the kind of prime example of this is Russell Westbrook where they wanted him to do the little things, they wanted him to buy into uh, being productive off of the ball, um, focusing on defense and all of these things. But Russell Westbrook hasn't been that guy in years, plural, um, many of them. Uh, the the other example of it is Talon Horton Tucker, right, where what he is, he's a slasher. He needs the ball, and he is a fairly good creator uh, with the ball in his hands, but he's kind of useless when he doesn't have it. And so what the Lakers kind of envisioned with him was oh yeah, you'll be a three and D wing, but he's neither of those things right now. Um, so in 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 a more macro sense, the Lakers organizationally need to be more cognizant of the player or the person, right? Um, the 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 they need to be more understanding and have a better understanding of what a player is capable of doing now and less focused on what they want that player to be you know you can go up and down the roster of of last year's roster and you can look at various examples of well if only Trevor Ariza was seven years younger if only Kent Bazemore um, was more predictable on on defense if only this and that and the other right but all of those if only's led to especially in a season like last year where everybody was kind of the worst version of themselves all of those if only led to an ill-fitting roster so if the lakers are going to be successful here in the darvin ham era what they need to be more under what they need to have a better understanding of is who various guys actually are so I'm going to operate in the micro sense as if Russ uh, starts the year with the Lakers next season. Is that the most likely scenario? I don't know. I, I'm i starting to get the sense that um, it is more likely that Russ starts the year next year than we maybe would, would like to admit. Um, I'll go so far as to say that If I had to bet one way or the other, I would bet on Russ being on the Lakers next year. So as that is the case, let's make a few rules. Rule number one, and the absolute most important one here, is that if Russ is going to be on the roster, Darvin Ham needs to be able to demote him. He needs to be able to take, you know, bring him off the bench or send him home. If it isn't working, the Lakers, the only way that they can hold Russell Westbrook accountable is if he feels like the people who are making these decisions um, can fully challenge him, and if he doesn't meet those challenges, if he doesn't meet, then he just goes home, and uh, I, I think it's really difficult to send a player home who is making the amount of money that Russ is going to be making next year, $47 million, but... I thought last year uh, there were various times over the course of the season where it was clear that the Lakers would be better off just not having Russ there. Um, If he's going to not care defensively and if he's not going to buy into what the team needs him to do, um, then I I would rather have a lesser player at that position than continue to bang my head up against the wall watching this guy just make a farce of, the team-wide concept of of what, what needs to win in the NBA. The next thing here, and this is just as complicated, by the way, but the next thing here, rule number two is, if Russ is out there and AD is out there, then AD needs to be the five, flat out. And AD did play more minutes at center last year than he has um, to this point as a Laker, but I think that number came out to about 76% of his minutes were at center. Um, He also kind of loafed around at the beginning of the year. Then he got hurt, and he thinned out, and he started playing the position more like the Lakers need him to play it. Um, So if Russ is going to be out there, then uh, AD not only needs to be playing center, but he needs to be playing center in, in the more modern sense, rim running, rim protecting, rolling hard to the rim. Um, really, just kind of focusing on the basket, um, the 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 mid range and, and the and the pinch post stuff. You can do that occasionally, as like a carrot to continue to get him, keep him um, I- interested in 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 those things, in the rim focus things. But for the most part, if you're going to make it work here with Russ and AD, all of AD's kind of gravitational pull needs to make it so that defenses are terrified of leaving him alone because they know it'll be an easy two points at the rim. Um and and so long as that doesn't that isn't the case and and AD if like, if A D is the four ever with Russ out there, you're the math is off. You're just not gonna you're not gonna succeed often enough unless you have a floor spacing five, which the Lakers aren't interested in doing remember last year they said going into the year and maybe they've changed their minds here but but they said going into the year that they tried the floor spacing five and they didn't like it so if they aren't going to have a floor spacing five and Russ is going to be out there then AD needs to be playing center and he needs to be playing a more efficient version of that center position than he played last year last kind of rule here and this is another tricky one as these guys are going to be two of the higher paid guys on the roster. But Taylor Horton Tucker and Russell Westbrook, as the players that we know them to be, and again, getting back to the macro sense or the, that macro rule, being more understanding of who players are right now, and until proven otherwise, um, you you're planning for who those players are. Uh, but as you know, just given what we saw from both of those guys last we saw them. Talon Horton Tucker and Russell Westbrook cannot play together. Um, they just say Russ needs the ball in his hands and he refuses to, to do the things necessary to be successful with, without the ball in his hands. And Talon Horton Tucker uh, needs the ball in his hands. He, you know, we just talked about it. He is, you know, pretty dynamic with the ball in his hands. And the opposite of that dynamic when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. He's not comfortable catching and shooting. So until he shows that he is willing or capable of doing those things, um, then Taylor and Russ can't be out there at the same time. And by the way, the math on that gets really tricky because there's only so many minutes. And if Russ is anticipating 30-ish minutes a game and you're hoping to get THT out there for you know 25 to 30 minutes a game, then there is going to have to be some overlap there but that overlap over the course of last season was pretty ugly. So good luck, Darwin. And hopefully what all this showed, you know, these rules and these concepts, both macro and micro, is that there just isn't a place for Russ on this roster right now, um, so long as he continues to approach basketball the way that he does. Uh, and, and again, nothing would lead you to believe that Russ is all that capable of you know, the adjustments that self-awareness on a basketball court, um, force you to, to make. And uh, again, that macro rule being cognizant of the player that that person actually is right. That being, being understanding of who Russ is right now and, and, and not wishful thinking for who Russ could be if it was to work here with the Lakers. Um, the, if you are to follow that macro rule, then Russ can't be on the team next year. It looks like he's he might be. I might even go so far as to say probably will be. But I think that would be a mistake. And starting Darvin's tenure by having to deal with Russ, it, it just seems like putting him, just like you did with Frank, in a position to fail. All right, that's going to do it here for the... Uh, This episode of the Lakers Lowdown Podcast, apologies for getting it up a little bit later. Megaphone, I think, was getting hacked all night last night. So um, I got this up as quickly as I could. Enjoy it. A little bit later today, I will be hopping on Spaces to talk uh, about Darvin Ham with Aaron and talk about the latest in the Russell Westbrook rumor cycle and anything else that comes up so again that's on spaces i'm at anthony Irwin la you can find it there or at lakers sbn um, where where it will be hosted from on twitter and then if you miss it live then i will be converting it into um audio for the pod feed that will be available later today as well until all of that until i talk to you guys next i'm anthony Irwin. saying have a good one